Brothers and sisters, greetings of peace to you. We'll continue the sermon series from ruin to glory. This morning, our message will be the, the world's strongest city wall. And our passage is from the book of Zechariah, chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. During the Second World War, uh, with 500 million francs, the uh, French government built this Maginot Line. During that time, it was considered one of the safest lines of the world at that time. And the purpose is to prevent invasion from Germany. But when German, Germany started to wage war, and just by, the, by mere 30 hours, they have penetrated the Maginot Line. And the same manner, the Great Wall of China. Uh, the Great Wall of China was built in order to prevent invasion from the barbarians. Today, the Great Wall is now considered a tourist spot. You may ask, is there the safest, the strongest wall in this world today? Today, I'd like to introduce to you where the strongest and the safest wall is. And the city wall has intimate relationship with each one of us. On the 24th day, on the 11th month, on the second year of reign of uh, King Darius, the prophet Zechariah saw eight different visions. And this eight vision has a great relationship with the rebuilding of God's holy city, with the rebuilding of, God, of, of the wall and his own chosen people. And last time we shared with you the first two visions. The first two visions were the vision of the angel and of the Lord and the horse riders, and also the vision of the four horns and the four craftsmen. How God looked after and protected his own chosen people. This morning, we'd like to share with you the third vision. The vision of a man with a measuring line. And this vision uh, showed the Israelites how God can be considered the safest, the strongest city wall of the Israelites under God's protection. Not a single power nor an, uh, force could be up against the Jews of the Israelites. And throughout these 13 verses of this chapter, we can subdivide this into three sections. 
The first three verses. The content of this vision. Verses 4 to 12. The meaning or the interpretation of this vision. And the final verse. The conclusion of this vision. First, let's look at the content of this vision. The first three verses. Then I looked up, and there before me was a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, Where are you going? He answered me, To measure Jerusalem, to find out how wide and how long it is. Then the angel who was speaking to me left, and another angel came to meet him. After the prophet saw the first two visions, I believe he bowed down his head in order to ponder and think about the meaning of these two visions. When he lifted up his uh, head, he saw another vision. He saw a man holding a measuring line. What is a measuring line? It could be uh, also called a plumb line. The plumb line or the measuring line is considered an instrument used to determine the straightness and to ensure what was being built met the proper standard. For example, if a carpenter would be uh, doing a table, the carpenter will measure the length, the width, the height in order to uh, meet the standard. Now the prophet saw a man with a plumb line or a measuring line. So I send him money. Then the prophet asked him, Where are you going? He was, uh, he was given this answer, I'm going to measure the city of Jerusalem to find out its length and how wide it is. And on the 24th day, on the sixth month of the second year of King Darius, the Jews started to rebuild their temple. And when they arrive and reach the 24th day of the 11th month, uh, about five months have passed from the time they started rebuilding this temple. Even if the temple has not yet been completed, but with this vision, it's as if telling the reader that the, uh, this holy temple in Jerusalem has already been built. And that's why this man was sent in order to measure if it meet the standard or not. According to historical records, uh, 520 BC, the Jews started rebuilding the temple. And four years thereafter, this holy temple was completed. Though during the time of this measurement, it was just five months after they started rebuilding the temple. As if God is uh, guaranteeing, assuring the Israelites that the 
the temple will be completed, it shall be done. Because God's presence will be with you. Apart from this, another important message was to be delivered to the Israelites. Let's read verse 3. Then the angel who was speaking to me left, and another angel came to meet him. And here we could see that two angels met each other. And they talked to each other. What were they talking about? They are explaining the meaning of the content of this vision. Shall we read verses 4 to 12? And you'll find out the meaning of this vision. If you carefully read through verses 4 to 12, you will learn the three very important messages that God is sending them. First, in this few verses, God wanted them to know that the Lord will be a wall of fire and glory for this city. Verses 4 and 5, and said to him, Run, tell that young man, Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the great number of men and livestock in it. And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. And in verse 4, the, the, the man was said, uh, said to him, Run, tell that young man. You ask, who is this young man? And there are many explanations. Some claim that this young man could be Zechariah. However, after reading through this passage, I felt it's not. I believe that young man pertained to the man with the measuring line, the plumb line, who was going to measure Jerusalem. When he entered Jerusalem, there's another angel who came to meet him in order to let this man know what will happen for, uh, with Jerusalem in the future. And from the mouth of this angel, we come to learn that uh, something very important will happen. We, uh, we learn that in the future, Jerusalem shall be a prosperous and progressive city. Not only will it flourish with many people, and there are so many livestock. Because of the exceeding numbers of men or population and livestock, and this city could no longer contain or accommodate this number. Because they were surrounded or limited by the walls of the cities. We all know that the wall will provide or set the limitation. Uh, and preventing people from entering or people from coming out. And sometimes when we are walled in, in that wall, uh, within the wall, we fail to understand and see what's happening outside the wall. A very popular book, the title is Church Without Walls. To remind the readers 
that churches should not be limited or enclosed by this wall to limit our growth and progress. Churches ought to grow outside the church walls. And that's why in our church we have this division called community division in order to minister to the community where we are in. But here comes the problem. If your place is not walled, it could be a very dangerous, unprotected place. Because enemies could easily penetrate you. Even the good point is you can uh, easily expand. But without wall, it's compared, it could be compared to your home without doors. That strangers could freely come in and go. Including the uh, wicked people. That's why you have no assurance of your safety. That's why when Nehemiah was a cup bearer in the uh, a country, a nation of Persia, when news reached him that his own city, the Jerusalem, has been burned with fire and the city lies in ruin, he was very troubled and sad. He wanted to return back in order to rebuild this temple. In order to protect the lives of the Jews. And now, in this vision, uh, they were told that uh, in the future, Jerusalem will be without walls. Don't you think it will uh, pose a huge danger? That is a good question. But it's a good question. Why? Let's read verse 5. And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. It doesn't mean to say that uh, in the future, Jerusalem will have no walls. The entire city will be surrounded by a wall of fire around it. It's uh, uh, like this picture. In this picture, we see that uh, fire surrounded this city and its people. What is fire? And uh, in the book of Hebrews, we are reminded that our God is the consuming fire. God himself will be the protection surrounding Jerusalem. And uh, because of this, Jerusalem could be called the star of fire. The city of fire. The city of fire. Because the entire city will be surrounded by fire. Because of this, no city, no wall will be more secured and safe than Jerusalem. During the time of Prophet Elisha, because during that time, uh, Prophet Elisha helped the, the Israelites up against the wicked king, Aaron. Uh, uh, and the king was so angry at uh, Prophet Elisha. And when he realized where Elisha was, he sent 
a vast army to surround Elisha. And Elisha at that time had this uh, servant. His heart trembled with fear because his eyes saw the great army surrounding. And Elisha asked the servant, what are you afraid of? Can't you see that uh, those who are protecting us far exceeded our enemies? Though this young servant's eyes could not see. And after Elisha prayed for this young man. And Elisha prayed that God will open the eyes of this young man. And after his prayer, when the young man opened his eyes. He saw the chariots of fire. Uh, the vast army God sent to protect Elisha. It's the spiritual protection of God up to this day. Uh, 1967, uh, the Sixth Day War uh, of the Israel uh, against other nations in the year 1967. And there was this uh, tradition or a story uh, after this war. And during that time, when the army of the Israel was up against the Arabian armies, and by, by numbers alone, uh, the numbers of uh, Israel versus the exceedingly large uh, invading army, there's no way that Israel could win that battle. However, when these two opposing forces were up against each other, and here is this uh, uh, the tradition or the story that says, uh, they were... They were uh, told that the Arabian army, the invading army, turned around and fled. And there was no engagement at all. After six day war, yeah. After this six days war is over, so the Israel uh, military officers asked their enemy, how come you ran away even before uh, we started engaging? So, uh, the, 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 the enemy asked him this question. Let me ask you. Who are those who are behind you, the Israel army, those who are dressed in white with uh, very uh, fearsome or dangerous uh, weapons? Who are they? And the, the Israelites, the Jewish amazing. army, Jewish army were amazed by this question. Because they know that there were nobody behind them. Whether this story, this uh, rumor was correct or not, nobody knows. But we all know that God will always protect always surround his own people. Not only that. Not only will God himself be the city of fire protecting Jerusalem, he will also be the glory of Jerusalem. If you read the book of Ezekiel, 
you'll realize that God's glory slowly and gradually departed from Israel. Because during that time, the Israelites have sinned again and again, worship idol repeatedly. And in the book of Ezekiel, initially God's glory is in its Ark of Covenant. And suddenly the glory departed from the Ark of Covenant and went on to the threshold of the temple. And later on, it proceeded to the east gate of the holy city. Finally, God's glory totally uh, departed from the Israel nation. Today, when God is talking to the Israelites, once again, I will return back to Jerusalem and I will be the glory of Jerusalem. God will now be the glory of Jerusalem. The first meaning, uh, the meaning of this vision is God himself will be the fire surrounding Jerusalem and as well as the glory of this city. Second, the second meaning is God himself will be the, uh, uh, they will be the apple of God's eyes. Let's read verses 6 to 9. Come, come, flee from the land of the north, declares the Lord. For I have scattered you to the four winds of heavens, declares the Lord. Come, O Zion, escape you who live in the daughter of Babylon. For this is what the Lord Almighty says, After he has honored me and has sent me against the nations that have plundered you, for whoever touches you touches the apple of his eye. I will surely raise my hand against them so that their slaves will plunder them. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me. Because time and again, the Israelites have sinned against God. And God scattered the Jews to all parts of the world. And now as God called them back to this to him. In verse 7. Come, O Zion, escape you who live in the daughters of Babylon. During that time, Babylon is no longer considered safe. And Babylon is no longer the place that God has prepared for his people. At that time, when God will be the, the wall surrounding the city of Jerusalem, Jerusalem will now become the safest and the strongest place in the whole world. That's why when God called all his people to return, so God shall be the refuge for the Israelites. And during the time, anyone who touches the uh, Israelites will be touching the the apple of God's eye. And because of this, 
the Jewish nation become the apple of God's eye. 什么叫做 apple of the eyes? What's the meaning of be,、uh, apple of His eye? 你话这个 picture. Just look at this picture. 用紧这个奥点这个所在就是 the apples of the eye. The center point, the the black spot of the iris is the apple of His eye. 无人能够望伊。And no one can touch that place. 你也是不叫无人望这个所在。In the same way that you should never let anyone touch that. 当人来 touch 的时阵。If anyone touches that. 你得甲阻挡伊。Then you will oppose or you will、uh, move him away. 上帝。When God spoke to the Israelites, from this day onward, you will now be the apple of my eye. But there's a requirement that you need to pay attention. It's after God's glory is manifested. What does it mean? It is only when the Israelites resolve their sins. It is only when God's glory will fill Jerusalem. And during the time, 上帝必须在最上帝目中嘅动念。God's own people will now be considered apple of His eyes. 这个 apple of the eyes 喺希伯来文里面会另外意思是目中嘅一个真扎水上嘅人，一个 small people in the eyes. In the original Hebrew text, this passage, the, the apple of His eye means small people in His eyes. 这真扎有意思。And this is very meaningful. 你有注意不 ？If you pay attention, the moment you gaze or you focus your attention on another person's eyes, you'll see your own shadow in the other person's eye. Of course, it's a symbolic explanation. Whenever you look up to God. When you turn your eyes and focus on one and only person, Jesus Christ, your own shadow can be seen in Jesus' eyes. So, in you will become the small people, the apple. Of Jesus' eyes, and during the time, not a single person, no force or strength could put harm on you. Because we are now the apple of Jesus Christ's eyes. But it is only after you deal with your sins. You know why? Sin will cause you not to look upon Jesus Christ. So they put that. That's why in verse eight, it is only after God's glory is shown. Only after you deal with your sins. And after you totally and finally resolve your sins. Then you begin to look up to God. And a father, he gifted his son with a Bible. And two sentences were written on the first page. This book can save you from sin, but sin can also make you leave this book. Same meaning. Our sins will cause us to depart from God. However, if you focus on God, then it will help us to depart from sin. So, may God help us. We need to become the apple of God's eyes. And we should leave our sins. 
到第二节。In the book of Hebrews chapter twelve verse one and two and two， 先讲咱既然有真侪见证人，即种云彩回收着咱，着帮帮落达款的当当，托起用个添乱咱的罪，专心吞论。Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He will let us walk through the cloud. The writer, the author of Hebrew, is teaching us that we need to set aside, put down all the burdens, everything that entangles us, the sins, and fix our eyes, focus on the author and perfecter of our faith, our Lord Jesus Christ. It's only when our own image or our own shadow appeared in Jesus' eyes. And we become the apple of His eyes. May the Lord help us. This is the second important meaning of this vision. So we talked about how this vision represents the Lord's glory. The first explanation is the Lord will be a wall of fire and glory for the city. Second, when we become the apple of God's eyes. The third meaning is God will dwell and live among us. Verses ten to twelve. Shout and be glad, O daughter of Zion, for I am coming and I will live among you, declares the Lord. Many nations will be joined with the Lord in that day and will become my people. I will live among you, and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. The Lord will inherit Judah as His portion in the Holy Land, and will again choose Jerusalem. On two occasions in these three verses, one thing was brought up. God. Will live amongst the Israelites. From the book of Genesis. From the book of Genesis. To Revelation. And we've seen the intent and the purpose of God's heart. He desired to dwell among men. In the book of Genesis. Prior to the fall of mankind. God would visit Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And sin has destroyed this relationship. When God would come again, because man committed sin, they they fear and they they dreaded seeing God. And when you reach the book of Exodus, when God asked Moses to build a tabernacle, and how come God、uh, commanded Moses to build a tabernacle for the Israelites? Exodus chapter twenty-five verse eight. Then help them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. God desired to dwell among men. 
后来所罗门将这个 Tabernacle 变成 Holy Temple。And later when King Solomon uh built this Holy Temple。好，上帝听的以色列人的中间。So that God will have a place to dwell among the men。但是后来以色列人犯罪得罪上帝。And later when uh the Israelites when men sinned and transgressed against God。然后一步一步离开了圣殿。God's glory gradually departed from the Holy Temple。后来归圣殿 destroyed by Babylon。And to the end, that it, the whole the whole temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. On the day of Jesus' birth, in Luke chapter two, verse fourteen, the proclamation was glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. God's glory once again could be seen in the city of Jerusalem, in the place called Bethlehem. And why was this so? In Gospel of Matthew chapter one verse twenty-three. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. 呢只人，上帝家道者肉身查罪人，听啲人嘅中间。God's own Son, the Word became flesh on that night and dwelt among men. 呢名叫做 Emmanuel， and his name Emmanuel。上帝及人同在。God with us。上帝心意就是安尼。And that's the intent of God's heart。佢叫啲对照及人活了三十三年嘅时间。And the Word became flesh and dwelt among them for thirty-three years. One time, 门徒要求耶稣将上帝荣耀予伊看到。When the disciples asked Jesus to show show them the glory of God, 耶稣讲了一句话。And Jesus replied, 你看到我就看到上帝荣耀咯。When you see me, you will see the glory of God. 上帝过一卖荣耀将呢耶稣基督嘅神照来面。Once more, God's glory could be seen in the Lord Jesus Christ. 嚟到启示录圣经罗马一卷册。When you reach the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, chapter twenty-one, verse three. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, "Now the dwelling of God is with man, and He will live with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God." And during the time, God will forever be with His own people. There will be no more death, no more sadness or mourning, no more weeping. There's no more pain. For everything will pass. In the book of Zechariah, chapter two, verses ten to thirteen. On the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, when He shall rebuild His own kingdom in Jerusalem, and He shall be with His own people, and during that time, two things will happen. First, God's own people will rejoice with singing. Second, many nations will turn to God and become His people. Everyone will see that God Himself is with His own people. 
And dear church, this is a very important reminder for us. It is only when God's presence is with man, our grief, our sorrows will be turned to joy. Our tears will now turn to happiness. But to those who have failed and not yet known God, when they see that God's presence is with man, and when they see God's uh, with, with his own people. And when they observe the changes in our lives, then our lives can attract others to come to know God. And evidently, God's presence is with us. The third meaning of this vision. And in verse 13, gave us a conclusion. But still, before the Lord, all mankind, because he has, he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. Another scholar gave a, a different translation for this verse. I consider it very meaningful. You know how that he translated it? Let all of you be silent and speak no more, for the Lord has already determined his plans and he will come forth to fulfill his will. It is after God has uh, determined his will. No force or no power could change or alter God's plans. And all of us before God, we just need to be silent. And it's similar to the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 20. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Dear church, even if you do not agree totally with God's arrangements and plans, but in our heart, we need to learn how to revere and fear him. The man who was after God's heart, King David. Even if there, David met so many incidences or events in his life. However, in the book of Psalm chapter 39 verse 9, David said, I was silent. I would not open my mouth, for you are the one who has done this. Even if what happened to me is not what I wanted, if it's because of you, I was silent. Then I will be silent. May God help us as we learn how to have a, a heart that revered him. King David was truly a such person. When God uh, disciplined uh, the, the sin that David committed against Bathsheba, and uh, the son born out of this sin uh, encountered illness. For seven days, David fasted and prayed. 
And yet his prayer was not answered. That son born out of sin eventually died. And if you're David, what will you do? David said no word. He went to change his garment and he went to God's temple to worship him. Because David obeyed God's plans and arrangement. Because those who have breath should learn how to be silent and how to be quiet before God. May God help us. That's how God planned for us. We need to obey. The vision of a man with a measuring line or a plumb line. And it taught us that God is the safest and the strongest protection of any cities in the world. God is our fortress, our refuge in times of trouble. May I ask, which city wall could be more secure and safer than God's own protection? The question is, is God the guarantee or the assurance of your safety? Have you totally trusted in Him? Whenever you face problems, do you depend on your own strength or do you depend and trust in God? May God help us. Please remember, in God you will find the safest and the most secured place in the world. No other place will be more secure than in God. The whole world faced and wrestled with this COVID pandemic situation. And people, some people, they even dare not step out of their own doors. And because of uh, safety reason, please remember, the safest place is not your own home. And we all learn that people who have not left their home experience COVID-19 because it was brought upon them by uh, outsiders. Remember that. The safest and the most secure place in this world is in Jesus Christ. If God's presence will be with you, wherever you go, will be a place of security. If God will not be with you, no place could provide you with the total security. May God help us and bless us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. By this vision of the measuring line, help us to understand that your plans will be fulfilled. Not only this, someday, God himself will be the guarantee and the assurance for his chosen people in the city of Jerusalem. But the question is, are we in your city or not? Help us to learn to trust in God in the times of our troubles and distress. 
and constantly remind us that no place in this world will be more secure and safe than in Jesus Christ. Because we are the apple of Jesus' eyes. Help us to depart from our sin and trust in God. May God continue to speak to us in today's message. Fix our eye, look upon Jesus. Praise God. Listen to our prayers. In the holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior, we pray. Amen. 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 Brothers and sisters, next time we'll share with you the fourth vision. And the vision of the heavenly court. See you next Sunday. God bless you. God bless you.